0: Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the Football Weekly Podcast. So we are done with the footballing season, we're done with international football, club football and we build up to the next season. We have got Messi winning his first international trophy with Argentina but today there's only one place to start and it's at Wembley where Italy secured the second ever European Championship under Roberto Mancini as they beat England on penalties. 120 minutes full of... uh, great quality between England and Italy as it ended one all at Wembley after two hours and it was a very good game in terms of the quality, not being disappointed from that, but the disappointment came as a neutral for me after looking at what happened outside of Wembley uh, with the fans coming in without the tickets, you know, they... Wembley it was looking as if it was packed more than the designated capacity uh, not just today but even in the games against Denmark and Germany you know where they shouldn't have been that many people you know more than 70,000 people attended those two games which is not ideal for these kind of uh, for, for these kind of fixtures you know in these times actually uh, I was very much disappointed by that but you know it it has been reported that Harry Maguire's dad suffered a broken ribcage due to some of the uh, accidental attacks by the people who weren't actually having any tickets to the stadium. Uh, they actually, I mean, it accidentally got onto his ribcage and he suffered a broken ribcage. So my thoughts is with Harry Maguire and his dad and their entire family. I hope he pulls through and he would be fine as... Uh, we record this but you know it's it's a very terrible thing to to happen to anyone especially for uh someone who's gone there with the hope of uh, watching his son prevail and get a trophy for his country but you know it has been a very disappointing time now for the english fans uh italians by the way were very 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 happy in their uh in, in their own country we saw yesterday that uh the Azuri went back to the Italian capital in Rome and celebrated with their fans. You know, fantastic uh, atmosphere there. Uh, I mean, you have to give it to Italy because they were the better team on the the day, given the fact that they got beaten by a very fast counter-attack in just the second minute of the game where Luke Shaw scored the goal. And by the way, that was the only shot on target the entire game. Uh, I thought Harry Kane didn't uh, perform as much as you could believe that he might do because Harry Kane, especially in this game was very good in the first half but not really good when his team needed him him the most kept on dropping but there was no space created because of the excellent defending from Ponucci, Chiellini and Di Lorenzo I thought Emerson did more than enough to silence the critics in terms of his selection uh, I thought he was, again, fantastic Talking about uh, the other things, I thought the entire Italian midfield was uh, the architect of their win today, you know. Again, you know, a lot of people think that you know if this could have gone to penalties, uh, th- this went to penalties and it could have been either way. But I thought Italy were the deserving winners because they played more like a champion team, more like a European champion other than England. And this has been a criticism of England because they are built as a very attacking side. I mean, the squad has been built as a very attacking side, not the, not the team. The philosophy of Gareth Southgate is to sit back and defend, which is against the DNA of this team. I think they have got more than enough players to play a very exciting brand of football, which they don't do. I thought that Gareth Southgate has to take a lot of blame for this uh, for this loss because of, one, the decision to play a back five. uh slash a back three and to actually get Saka in that final penalty I mean we have seen a lot of penalties being missed by England players you know we have the David Beckham the big penalty missed by David Beckham and everything but you know the bottom line is that you know you can't have a 19 year old to go there and take a penalty it could have been Carl Walker who's had a terrific season you know you saw Harry Maguire who's one of the best players with the ball as a centre back, and right now in the in, in the game, he took a penalty. It was so good. You see, Bonucci taking two penalties in two consecutive games and converting both of them, which were really really nice. I thought that Italy could have been a bit of a suspect in the shootout, given the fact that they were in the vicinity of a record that. No team had won twice a penalty shootout at the European Championship and they'd already won one, so I mean it could have been gone either way, but I thought the better team won. The better team deserved to win. Uh, as a team Italy played really well, I thought. I thought Rice and Phillips literally struggled against Jorginho and Barella and Verratti. I thought Veratti was fantastic. I mean he's a joy to have in your team. He's everything that a manager wants. From his midfielder, he's not the fastest guy around, he's not the physically commanding guy around, but he's got such a technical brilliance that it could just nullify every other aspect of the game. Uh, and Mancini said that you know, if the game is going to be played on a technical level, we might just. Uh, nullify England's physicality in the game. And that's what they did. They played on a uh, very technical level. And the fact that the game changed up and then it became a tactical battle between the two sides, it, it played into England's hands in, in, in a way. And I thought, it, it, oh, I'm sorry, it played into Italy's hands in a, in a certain way. So I thought Italy, they could have could have could have done a lot better. I mean, they could have won the game in the 90th minute itself, but they did just enough to restrict England at 1-0 because of their brilliant defence in Giorgio Chiellini and Leonardo Bonucci, who have been there for a long time now. 100 caps for both of these players. I mean, that's terrific uh, to know. I think uh, they're one of the most sought-out defenders in Europe. We always talk, think about Sergio Ramos as one of the best of this generation. They're... There, there and thereabouts, you know, those two alongside the likes of uh, Vincent Kompany and the, uh, the others, you know, Thiago Silva's been there for a long time now, they're the ones who have taken this generation afloat at the centre-back area, you know, Gerard Pique has been one, you know, call him whatever you want, but I mean, he's been there but again, I thought uh, Chiellini and Bonucci, one thing that they didn't want to have is players like Jeremy Doku, you know, scaring the um, holy hell out of uh, their defence, players like uh, Danny Olmo, who could just run the past, run past easily and players running with pace, that's what they didn't want it and, you know, if you're gonna put a long ball over the top for these two to defend, I mean, what a master plan that is because they can't defend long balls, I mean they have been doing that for over the uh, over the length of their careers They one thing that they didn't want it is been taken out of the game and the one thing that they're very comfortable that they, they have to deal with it in the entire game that really does not seem good enough tactically and that's what they were kind of paying for doing I thought that Leo Bonucci had a monstrous game just not a monstrous game but a monstrous tournament he swept apart the criticism that he was having in the entire uh, an in, 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 entire Serie A season because he was below par uh, for Juventus this time around uh, Giorgio Chiellini I mean he's a million years old now and you, you can't actually bank on him to be the superstar that he once was I mean given the age surely you can't I thought that this Italian side they played as a team not from the not from the first, uh, kick-off in the final but since that kickoff, since the they got together under Mancini in those warm up games, they played as a proper unit and they played as a team which should be very proud of what they have achieved. I thought they were the better team, not just in the tournament, but not just in the game, but in the entire tournament. I thought some of the best player you, you, you can't pick up one of the best players. I mean, it can be Verratti, it can be Locatelli, it can be uh, Spinazzola. the two centre-backs, Donnarumma, who eventually has got the player of the tournament. Or you look at guys like Federico Chiesa, and, uh, Domenico Berardi coming off the bench and uh, changing games. So you look at guys like Jorginho, who've been fantastic. I mean, it's, it's impossible to get someone to be as their standout performer I thought that you know playing out a different sort of a philosophy would be a big barrage in their ambitions and it didn't turn out to be because Mancini and Italy they played out of the skin they played out of a, a type of game that they have uh, taught to play a type of game that they have been playing from years which is to defend deep and score one goal and just shut the shops up and that's what they didn't do. They came out of the skin. They played the modern game. They played the attacking game and they prevailed. And I think that's very very, very applaudable. And that the credit goes to Roberto Mancini to induce this kind of philosophy. So I think it's it's the credit is due there and I think we should actually applaud him for doing that. As for England, they couldn't really get out of the skin, even to play this game at home. Uh, Again, with sixty-five thousand people cheering your name, you should be enough. There should be enough to get you out and play the attacking flair of football. I think that they have got so many talented players around the pitch that you might also build a second-string squad. And in terms of the attacking powers, they could easily match up. I think. Uh, a lot of uh, it has to go to Garrett Southgate because of his decision making. I thought that the game against Germany, Germany could have easily won that game and nobody would have complained. I think Thomas Muller and the miss that he. that, 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 and the that, that, that miss, I mean, that, that will really hurt him. That will really come to haunt him in the night every single time because that was something that ended. Yuki loves career as German manager, I mean it was eventually going to end but it did end it and everything that's happened in Germany, but that's another story I think, you know, for Germany to for, for Italy to win the tournament, to play as a team, to play as a unit, not just from the get-go, I mean from a long time we've seen Mancini not losing our games and that's what has been a a, a plethora, uh, uh, that, that's what's been an identity for years, but that's, that was not the case. They weren't losing games because they were set to win. England, on the other hand, were said to just not lose the game. We'll talk about the actual game now, and uh, the first goal, I thought, Kieran Trippier, had got acres of space there to play, uh, plunge out across, and he had that two or three times, and when... England looked very, very attacking, very dangerous in the first 15 minutes. But then, you know, they, they completely took over Italy, you know. They completely took the uh, brakes on the English attack and they kind of just murdered them down. They bombarded passes through the English midfield. I thought Rice and Phillips were, were not as good as we expect them to be. Uh, seasoned Premier League players, they couldn't cope up with that pressure because... Technically, Verratti and Jorginho were far superior to them. They got outplayed in the midfield. Uh, Insigne kind of kept running at the defence, but you know no one's getting past Kyle Walker. Uh, Harry Maguire had a solid game, along with John Stones, as they looked to defend out uh, Chiro Immobile. I thought Federico Chiesa was completely, completely outmatched. He completely outmatched the England team. Whoever was trying to get into his way was just beaten, just nonchalantly. And I thought Federico Chiesi is one of the best players that Juventus have at this moment, in spite of having Cristiano Ronaldo in there. And he's one of those guys who will be the shining light for Italy as they go forward. I think he is such a special talent. I mean, how how the hell did he didn't start those games against Turkey and Switzerland? I mean, it's just beyond my beyond beyond my thinking space, but I mean, it, it, it's it's a very good story actually, uh, but again, I think uh, the defence, again, talking about the defence, one of those guys who's not been talked about lot is Giovanni Di Lorenzo, and he was actually kept under a lot of pressure, but he came through that pressure, he's a very good player, he's a very consistent player playing for Napoli, and... Uh, he gets up and down on the pitch, but this time it's a bit of a back-three system where he has to sit down deep and look for Mason Mount. Um, in, in the first half, one thing that I saw that Sterling was playing on the right-hand side where he did win the penalty, but he wasn't as effective. Uh, he he won the penalty in that game against Denmark, but he wasn't as effective playing from the right. Mason Mount, on the other hand, played on the left, and it made matters a bit similar simpler for... For, for, for Di Lorenzo and the others were tracking up from the back um, uh, tracking up from the front to the back like Chiesa and Barella I thought a lot of... Uh, it has to go down to the setup chosen by Garrett Southgate eventually Italy got that goal and they reaped, that, re- reaped their rewards because it was a uh, very very good header from Ferranti uh, first it, went onto the post and then uh, it came back to uh, Bonucci who just squirted in and I thought they deserved it and, it, 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 and then again I thought there was only one when if there is going to be a goal scored it's going to be from Italy and they just completely outplayed him it was a passage of play in that twi- in in a 20 minute passage of play where we all saw that Italy weren't actually giving England any any glimpse of the ball, They're just passing it around, passing it around, passing it around, and just made life difficult for them. I thought I uh, I thought Don, I thought Donnarumma as a goalkeeper has been tremendous. It's hard on Kaylor Navas, a, a guy who I have loved my entire life. I think he's been one of the best goalkeepers in the world, not just now, but from the last six to eight, seven years. He's proven himself at the highest level at Real Madrid. And at Paris Saint Germain, and he deserves a lot of uh, praise for it. But Donnarumma is going to eventually be the number one at Paris Saint Germain, given the fact that how good he is at this point in time as a goalkeeper. It's such a short age. He's just twenty one. He's got loads and loads of time to play as a footballer. You know, the entire decade is his. I mean, he's going to be the guy who will be the king of the goalkeepers for the next decade to come, and then again, you've got he's still be thirty one after that, and then he will be entering his prime. Then, I mean, this car's a limit for this guy, for this kid now, and uh, I think, as a whole, with, with, with it, as a whole, Italy deserve a lot of credit. But we we talk about the other things as well here, and it was a phase in that second game where we all saw the man and management skills of. Uh, Oh, oh, of of uh, Roberto Mancini, where he did uh, just chuck up players here and there, and ex. I thought that that was very very brilliant to see, and then again I think uh, the the chucking and changing of uh, players that it, it did work against Spain because they were trying to just get outplayed by every single pass. We see about this. Immobile got out in the fifty fourth minute, I guess 54th, 55th minute, uh, and they got in Brian Cristante, who is a very physical presence, plays as a defender, or as a midfielder, is a very versatile player. They got in Federico Bernardeschi, and then it changed into a four four two going into the uh, second half. Not a four four two with defense; it's a four four two which attacks where they had Bellotti and Chiesa going up front, and, uh, well, Chiesa got, uh, well, Chiesa got withdrawn, but they had Bellotti and, uh, who's the other guy, Berardi, yeah, Bellotti and Berardi going up front, Uh Bernardeschi playing as a, Traditional left winger to just integrate those crosses in, and they played Brian Cristante there, and they just completely outplayed them in the second, in, in the first half of the extra time as well. With the physical presence coming in, playing as a four-four-two, just completely outmatching the formation of England. It was a very good tactical battle there by Italy. And talking about talking about England, Jack really came on, didn't make a lot of difference. Uh, uh, the decision to take in. Rashford and Sanchez very, very, very much questioned up because that shows that you're going for the penalties. But again, what can he do as a manager? I mean, if you don't get them in, and then you lose on penalties again, it's going to be eyebrows going in there. Realistically, I thought that that was something that he's been thinking right there. But again, no, no doubt he could have got them earlier. That's one. Uh, that that that's one point to actually note there. But. Again, I don't blame him from getting them for penalties. Could have got them earlier, but again, I thought Rashford isn't fit. Sancho, maybe, yeah, you could have got him earlier. Uh, then again, I thought the penalties were very, very thorough from Italy. At the start, when Bellotti missed, I thought it's kind of coming off to a cliche, but again, uh, Donnarumma, as good as he is. Rashford missing off the penalty, Sancho missing on the penalty. To penalty experts, as marked by English, uh, by by the English media for England, you you've, you've seen Jack Grealish coming out and uh, and making sort of some comments about the Gareth which means manager and everything. I I I just don't think the need that it is a need to do that. I mean, surely if knocked out of a big tournament now, you need to just shut your mouth. And keep your head down maybe two or three years later you get this issue back rolling but not not this time sorry 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 I, I'm not I'm not agreeing with Jack Relish here maybe he's right on what he's saying but not now please uh, but again I thought it was uh, fantastic from Italy that they won the tournament really happy for them kudos to Italian fans and the Italian family everyone who's won it I a mean, came in coming out. And uh, just uh, and uh, and basically dedicating this to his uh, friend, his teammate, uh, David Astori, who passed away four years ago. I mean, that's something uh, very hard touching to come out and say publicly in your speech. Very simple dedication, as he said that. So, I mean, that's that's very hard touching. Uh, I think Italy as a team have been growing into something very different. and they're one of those favourites to win the. Uh, win the World Cup in Qatar in, in in a year's time, with a breed of very good defenders coming in, you can look at Acharya who's been fantastic. You look at the likes of uh, Bastoni who's been tremendous for Inter, playing in that left side centre back role. You look at guys who've been tremendous for their clubs. You know, And Serie A as a as, as as a league has been growing in in a big stature now because they've been bringing in teams which are so attacking. You look at Roma and. Uh, and, and and the Paolo Fonseca. They were so good attacking in the offensive trade of the game. You look at the likes of uh, Atalanta and everyone in Europe right now is familiar with Atalanta. You might not see a better attacking team than Atalanta in this in 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 in, in Europe right now. You look at Inter and how they have played with Romelo Lukaku and their brilliant midfield the very attacking is a team which under renato gattuso played a very good brand kind of football so they have been working up for this attacking flair to come up and they have been putting this old stereotype to play to to, to bed uh, as for england i think they they will be gearing up for the 2022 world cup i think southgate will still be in charge as uh, the head coach but until then it's going to be a long hard watch for those england fans and i just hope them all the best so that's all from uh, the european championships we will be discussing about the uh, 11 which i will choose from uh, this tournament and in goal, I'm going with Lucas Radecki from Finland. I know Donnarumma won the goal of the tournament, won the player of the tournament. We've got Jan Sommer and everyone. Pickford just letting in two goals. One of them was a free kick, and the other one was a scrapy corner. But I'm going with Lucas Radecki. The simple reason is that he made so many saves for Finland. So, so, so many saves. For Finland against that game, in that game against Belgium, in that game against Russia, in that game against Denmark, where everything was thrown at them, he made so many saves. I'm just so sorry for him that he couldn't, that, that Finland couldn't get into the round of 16. He made so many saves; he was a, one of the best goalkeepers. He won't be talked a lot. I'm I'm going to have him in my starting 11. Lucas Redekop from Finland gets into the goal. A right back. I'm going with Carl Walker because simply he was one of the best right backs in this tournament. Uh, you can have Daniel Dumfries as well. Probably could have in Giovanni Di Lorenzo as well. But again, I think it's 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 better off if I put in someone like a uh, Carl walk who's at a monstrous tournament. At 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 the centre back position, I'm going with Manuel Akanji, and I'm going with Leonardo Bonucci. Two of the very, very best centre-backs we've seen. I think Bonucci has been a class apart. As I said, just getting off with the criticism. And he had a tr- fantastic tournament. Absolutely fantastic. No words for him. Uh We had Manuel Akanji, who defended so well in the knockout stages uh, against Spain. He was monstrous. He's a man mountain to just get over with against France as well. Fantastic. I mean, he didn't deserve to lo- to, to miss that penalty, uh, but he did on a destiny. You know, that's something that we've known for a long time now. But again, I think Manuel Acanti deserves to be in this one. And left back is going to be with just one man Leonardo Spinazzola from uh, uh, from from Italy. That's my back four, Spinazzola, Bonucci, Akanji and Walker. Uh, in the midfield, I'm going with Jorginho as my holding midfielder. I had in my mind to put in Garani Chaka, but um, I, I'm missing out on him. But again, I think I think Jorginho has done a fantastic job. Locatelli could have been in there but due to his first three performances, but I think Jorginho has been the most uh, consistent of him. And I would still go with it. Jorginho for Ballon d'Or this year. I know he's not going to win it, but still, I'm thinking Jorginho for Ballon d'Or. Uh, alongside him are uh, is pierre ML Hoybeer from Denmark. I think he's had another fantastic tournament. Uh, great physical presence. He lost that penalty. I mean, he squandered that penalty first up against uh, and, and against Finland where they lost that game. Uh, but I think he was very very good. And the other side of uh, the midfield three, I'm. Uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm a going with Pogba, I know that they were eliminated in the first uh, first few games, you know, they played just four, maybe, you know, you could have your other, I mean, you could have your other choices, I mean, Pedro's gone from, but I'll go with Paul Pogba for me, you know, Paul Pogba for me starts in that midfield three, I mean, you can keep it either ways, Um. I, in in the uh, front three, I'm going with Emil Forsberg from switz uh, from Sweden. I thought he had a terrific tournament again. Uh, he was uh, very very good and uh, he he deserves to be in this one. I think he surely he deserves to be in this one. Has uh, got four goals. So it's very unfortunate to not score again against uh, Ukraine, uh, where they bowed out in in, in Glasgow. I thought he was very, very good, and he deserves a place in the uh, starting eleven. I would go with Patrick Schick as my number nine. He was fantastic, and it was very harsh on him to not be given as uh, the Golden Boot winner because the poor, poor guy might not win it again. Uh, I mean, yes, I mean, just give it out to him, not Cristiano. I love Cristiano. He's my best favorite player. I mean, Patrick Shake should have won it. (laughs) Again, no no disrespect to anyone, but yeah, Patrick Shake. And the other player I'm going in this front three is uh, Raheem Sterling from England. So that completes my starting 11. In goal, it is uh, Lucas Radecki from Finland. Right back, Kyle Walker, Leonardo Bonucci from England. Then you've got Manuel Akanji from Switzerland, Spinatola from England, Georginum as a central defensive midfielder from Italy, Pogba from France, Hoybier from Denmark, you've got Sterling from England, you've got Patrick Schick from Czech Republic, and you've got Emil Forsberg from Sweden. A lot of people would have very different opinions, but that's my 11 for the Euros. We had some more finals, more continental finals, and we had... Messi winning his first uh, international trophy we will get this quick and running because it was a very, very decent victory for them. I thought they deserved it. Lionel Messi deserves it. And a lot of people might say, you know, Ronaldo fan everything. But I wanted Lionel Messi to win this tournament because... I mean, it does not feel right that he bows out of the international scene without without winning something. I don't think they're going to win the World Cup, just not get carried away, because that's not something that we want to actually uh, get ourselves under. I mean, that was, would be very good, but again, I think that's not possible with this Argentinian team, the better team around them, uh, around, in, around in Europe and in South America, including Brazil. I thought Brazil were very unlucky in this game. Just just got ran out of... <coughs> I'm sorry. Just got ran out of gas in the uh, closing stages of the uh, of 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 the game. I thought uh, Casemiro is terrible in this game. So was Fred. He was misplacing passes far too often. I thought Rodrigo De Paul is one of the best players around. One of the best players in the Serie A as well. He's off to Atletico Madrid, and the deal has been finalized. The announcement has been made. Uh, what a talent they okay, are What a talent Diego Simeone is going to have on uh, on his books. Uh, I thought Messi was kind of poor, that miss from him. I thought it just can't bite him again. And eventually Argentina just coped up with the pressure, won the game. I thought that pass from Rodrigo de Paolo to uh, Angel Di Maria, who's eventually going to be the uh, king of the hour. He's, I mean, everything around now. Everything is going to be surrounded by him. I thought Lautaro Martinez had a fantastic tournament. Uh Ligo Gonzalez was somewhat a uh, somewhat a question mark, and he was absent for this game. Uh, very very uh, shocking to see that happen, but I thought that it was a very very thoroughly t- thoroughly deserved win for Argentina. For so Brazil, I thought the defense was very good, but it was stagnant. I thought Renan Lodi could have done better on that ball played in by Rodrigo De Pal for the goal by Angel Di Maria. But again, and Loli is not a very good defender in, in himself. I thought Brazil could have done better. I thought... Argentinian players as a lot of Brazilian players thought I thought they were getting on the ground very easily given that it is Copa America and we have got so many fouls in in, in the competition so far and it is very much evident that you're going to get fouled up but they got so much time, they just got flat on the ground Argentinian players, I think that just didn't play up into into Brazil's and again I thought Lionel Messi thoroughly deserves it shows how emotional he was and how much the Argentinian team wanted him to win it, a very nice moment between Neymar, I think Neymar had a terrific game, he did everything that he could have done, and love or hate Neymar, if you look at the Copa America that's gone by, I thought Neymar was so, so brilliant, I mean, everything that Brazil do, that it goes through him, That's that's how integral he is to this Brazilian national team, I'm very sorry for him. I feel sorry for him because he ha- deserved to uh, get something out of this tournament. He hasn't. Messi messages wrapping up all the accolades, you know, most assists, most goals, player of the tournament, everything. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved to win this tournament. Something down to his name. The one that won her first major trophy since 1993, that's, that, that's a heck of a lot of time for a country like Argentina playing in Copa America. I mean, that's... That's that's too long. So now, fifteenth cup America for them. So, uh, very very congratulations uh, to the Argentinian family and my condolences to uh, the Brazilian family. Very very heartfelt loss there. Uh, uh, so that's all from me today. Be sure to check on my Instagram page and uh, and follow that. You know it's weeklypod.xd w e e k l y p o d.xd this podcast and the other podcasts. Which you might want to listen to are available on uh, various uh, big podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon, uh, BuzzFeed, everything you know. you could, Podbean, everything you know you could just tune into and get your podcast there. So that, that's all from me today. Uh, so until next time, I'll see you guys later. Be sure, uh, be safe and keep your family safe. That's all from me today. This was your host, Mayresh Matka. Thank you very much.